Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 198 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, and by the only self-contained tubeless insulin pump on the market, Omnipod. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box to get a free, no obligation demo today, or go to dexcom.com forward slash juice box to learn more about getting started with the G6. Today, something kind of odd is going to happen on the podcast. It's small, but it's odd. I'll be speaking with Michelle. She's the mom of a type 1 diabetic. She's also part of a four-person family, her, her husband, and two small children, who moved from Minnesota to Prague to teach overseas. But in Prague, you know, the Czech Republic. And on last week's episode, we spoke with Elena, who was from the Czech Republic. I promise this was not on purpose. It is, however, incredibly strange, as I don't know how I ended up with two people on the podcast in consecutive weeks who are either from or living in the Czech Republic. Anyway, I just found that really interesting. The odds must be pretty stacked against me. I can't imagine there are that many people in the Czech Republic listening to the podcast. But obviously, there are a few. And don't forget that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should ever be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before being bold with insulin or making any changes to your healthcare plan. Go ahead and introduce yourself any way you want to be known and we'll just jump right in. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm Michelle Legault. I'm the mother of a type one five-year-old and we're originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we travel the world, and we are in Prague right now. Very nice. Now, Michelle's being, she, did you see her? You, I'm going to leave in where I asked her to introduce herself because the little laugh afterwards, because she was like, what are we going to talk about? You should send me some notes. And I'm like, nah, it'll be okay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know you're like, what's going to happen? But I hope it makes you feel better to know that I don't also know what's going to happen. So it'll be, uh, it'll be good. You, so you're, you reached out, um, just because you have all this incredible experience with traveling with type one and being overseas and having to uh, use insurance and, and get medical supplies and everything like that. And so I think that's a really cool topic. How did you end up leaving Minneapolis for the world? Well, um, we applied with a, actually with a missionary organization um, in the summer of 2016, or I guess in the spring. But we we just felt like this is where we're supposed to be right now. So, I mean, for us, this was a very unique calling, I think. Within like oh, four months of applying, uh, we had all the funding that we needed and we were on a plane to Prague. Wow. So, yeah, but we still, our mission organization is based in the U.S. So the tricky thing is that we still have U.S.-based health insurance, but we're living here. Okay. Um, so... So one hard thing is if we're getting equipment or certain supplies, we still have to go through U.S. companies, even though we're not located there and we don't have um, an embassy mailbox here where they could ship to. So that would be like one caveat is if you are with the military or the embassy, then those companies will ship to you. But otherwise, you have to use a U.S. mailing address. So that has made things a little bit tricky. Um but we've made it work for two years. So. Well, and so somebody on, on the U.S. side has to then get your supplies and then send them to you. 
Well, actually, before we left, we explained uh, to our insurance what was happening, and we were able to get two years' worth of pump supplies to bring with us. Wow. So we put them, we had like three suitcases full of stuff Just that we brought with us. diabetes stuff. That's crazy. Okay, so all right, yeah. let, me, let me make sure I understand everything. So it's you, yeah. your, it's your daughter, right? Yeah. And she's five, mm-hmm. and, and a husband, I'm assuming? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. any other kids? We have one other. Yep, one he's two and a half. Two and a half. So... Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Two and a half. So you were pregnant when you left? No. no. Uh, he was nine months old. Okay. okay. Maybe six months. I don't know. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, he was born in November. We left in August. Oh, math. <laughs> Obviously, this is something you guys wanted to do. You were on your way. Did you, and you had, the diabetes was in your life when you, when you made this yeah. decision and you left. How long, how long did, did she have diabetes before you guys did this? Two years before okay. she was diagnosed in August of 2014, she was 16 months old, um, and so we, you know, and we got the pump almost immediately. She only did injections for two months, and mm-hmm. then we got the insulin pump because um, her doses that she needed were very, very small at the time. Yeah. So the pump really allowed us to give her those minute uh, doses, which was great. And so, yeah, after two years, you, I mean, and you know, if you live with something for 24 hours a day and you're managing it. That way, all the time, you become familiar with it pretty quickly. Yeah. No, so after two years, I mean, we we still encounter new situations, um, even now, and we're almost, you know, I don't know how many how many years is that? A lot of years. Four years in, <laughs> uh, we still encounter new situations. But uh, yeah, after two years, we had seen a lot of things, and we felt comfortable uh, moving. Wow. So that's really cool. Yeah. Are you uh, yeah. adventurous like this before all this? Were you always somebody who was like, let's just try this? Well, we, yeah. I mean, we moved to Minnesota the day after our wedding. So I guess you could call that adventurous. Got in a car and there we were gone. So, um, that's a lot of effort to avoid writing thank you notes, Michelle. Yeah. (laughs) All right, suckers. Goodbye. I, I, I imagine in my mind, your, uh, your daughter got diabetes and you're like, I'm going to go to Prague. You all stay here. (laughs) And then they just glommed onto your idea and chased you over there because, I felt like running away a couple of times during the first no. couple. No, no, of course no. not. You know, we were actually thankful um, that that was the diagnosis at the time because we had seen her get sick and we had asked the doctor. Um, it Actually, I had asked point blank, could it be type 1 diabetes? Mm-hmm. And I was told no because her weight was good. She had just had a 15-month checkup. And they said, oh, no, her weight is good. And, you know, type 1 is autoimmune. If she was autoimmune she would have been sick with other things and she'd never been sick. You know, she'd never even had a fever. And so they said, there's no way that she's type one. And so they just didn't even test her. That's an interesting way um, to approach it. And she was, yeah, and she had a lot of diaper yeast at the time. And so at the 15 month checkup, the pediatrician had said, oh, well, that can be a sign of autoimmune, but you're, she's so healthy that you know, I don't think it's that at all. He said, you just need to change her diaper more. Look how um, round and plump she is. It's all fine. My, right, my medical you, diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> That's really was, weird. I think kind of anti-daycare. We both, my husband and I worked full time at the time. And so our daughter was in daycare four days a week. And I just got the feeling that our pediatrician didn't really agree with that choice. Because he was just kind of blaming the daycare, saying, oh, well, obviously they're not changing her enough, you know. Oh, okay. And uh, we loved the ladies that took care of our daughter, and we did not feel that they were doing an inept job at all. Um, so we really fought with him on that. Um, and then in the summer, we even like let her go around without a diaper at all and just with a dress on, you know. 
And even still, she had to have nystatin or she would have a yeast infection. And that went on for a few months. And then after her 15-month checkup, I went online and thought, well, there has to be something else we can do, you know. And so then I read an article that said that this could be a symptom of type 1 diabetes. And I thought, well, let's not like call the National Guard. This is one thing, you know, so we'll wait and we'll see uh, if any other symptoms develop. But I said something to my husband at that time. And I said, well, do you think it could be type 1? And he said, no, that would be so weird. And um, then, then she started to really heavily wet her diapers. I mean, every one of them was just like... 10 pounds heavy, just so heavy, like completely saturated, hanging off her. And it was like every hour. And we were about to go on a trip um, for our wedding anniversary. And I, and we were going to take her with us. And I called the doctor again and I said, okay, well now she also has like these really heavy diapers all the time. We're changing her. And I described how heavy and how often they said, well, it's summer, you know, she's just drinking a lot. And and I, I said specifically, like, could it be type 1 diabetes? She also has these diaper rashes. Yeah. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. She, we looked at her chart. Her weight is good. Her, she's very healthy. And, but nobody told me, and I didn't look into it enough, nobody told me the risks of her being undiagnosed in type 1. Mm-hmm. And so then when we came back from our, our trip over the weekend, then she got violently ill. She was in DKA. She ended up in pediatric intensive care and we switched pediatricians. I yeah. was, I was livid. <laughs> you know, I've never heard a doctor base everything on your weight being okay. You, with very, very small children. I don't know how old Arden was at diagnosis, but I've heard this from other parents too. Mm-hmm. Um, if their child is still getting their, you know, like checkups during their first year or two years of life when they're really little and they go in all the time, they base a lot of their health on weight. You know, healthy weight means a lot. Mm-hmm. And so um, that when with Winnie, that was definitely true. They thought, you know, well, her weight is good. And then, but then they also kind of paired that with the fact that I think they have this misassumption that if you're type one, it's autoimmune. So you're going to just be prone to all these illnesses, which with our kids, is not true at all. Our youngest is the one who really gets sick and is affected by colds and everything so much more. And Winnie like has never, still never had any kind of prescription for anything. Like no bronchitis, no pneumonia, nothing. Right. I always see. I always see with Arden like she's aside of diabetes. Arden's yeah. incredibly healthy and doesn't get sick right. almost at all. Yeah. Probably because yeah. her, her immune system is probably too good, which is probably how it beat up and killed her pancreas. And, you, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. That's a theory. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? You, yeah. You, and I'm, I'm very similar. Like, I, I, if I get sick, I'm sick for four hours. Like, right. I, like I get, oh, I, it just happened to me um, a week or so ago. Like, I said to my wife, I'm like, I don't feel well and right. I'm going to lay down now. It was like eight o'clock at night and at midnight I opened my eyes and I was like, Oh, I'm all better. And and it just, you know, I, yeah. you know, that, that's just, I don't, I don't know. You have a very, that's a very, very strange well, story. So anyway, so you were saying you're talking about running away um, yes. <laughs> at diagnosis or feeling that way. But so for us, we felt very thankful that, that this was her diagnosis and that it was something that we could manage because just in those last couple of days when she got really sick, and it happened very, very quickly. We didn't know what to do with her. And we were so worried about her. And then, and when she was in DKA, I mean, it was the scariest thing ever. And we were so thankful that, um, that we can manage type one and that she can live a completely normal, healthy life apart, you know, apart from this one thing, right. you know, that she has to deal with. 
And it's not that it's easy, but it's doable, right? And so, and that's the blessing in it is that it's doable. And we were so glad that like we could do a week of training at the hospital and do all these classes and go home and figure it out. So, well, your mind yeah. must have really wandered when she ended up in the hospital, right? Like, like before you have, because everybody's been telling you it's not diabetes every time you've brought it up. Did yeah. you wonder what else it might be? Like, were you, did you let your imagination get the best of you then? Or did they give you an answer no, pretty quickly? I didn't. I just kept looking for more symptoms of type one thinking, well, it's, you know, I, I just kept watching like for the list of symptoms that I'd read online. And then when something new would present itself, I would, I would say, oh yeah, I don't know. I, maybe they're wrong. <laughs> and then the day that she threw up, when I brought her into the pediatrician, I said, test her for, test her blood sugar. I want to, you know, like, I want Just you to see it. if it's diabetes. So I don't know. I still kind of had that, uh, I don't know, idea. But like I said, I definitely didn't research it enough. And no one warned me. None of the nurses I talked to, the pediatrician, nobody told me uh, what would happen if she was type one, her pancreas was shutting down and it wasn't taken care of. And nobody told me, you know, that we could have just brought her to someone with a meter or we could have bought a meter at the pharmacy to check her, you know, and you know how insurance works. You don't always know what you're going to pay at the doctor. And if they tell you, you don't need to come in, you're like, okay, I guess I won't. And like, it's a very, it's a very hard situation to be like aggressive in. Well, and we didn't know what the test was. And so I was thinking, I don't want to be one of those parents who orders an unnecessary, like invasive test for my kid. They didn't tell me it was just a finger prick. (laughs) Nobody said like, well, it's so easy, you know, just bring her in just to be sure. Yeah. And we were not kind of parents who called Wolf all the time. Uh, You know, we never came in unless it was a regular checkup. So I just, I still can't believe that nobody looked into anything any further. You know, it's not like we had this history of calling in all the time for silly little things. You know, we had a concern and we had reasons for our concern and we kind of got brushed aside because they had this chart that said she was healthy, you know, healthy based on her weight. And it's funny because you had it figured out a couple of times too. Like you really Yeah, we asked a couple of different people and, um, you know, so anyway, but... Has that affected how you do things now? Like, are you more uh, aggressive, I guess, in situations like that anymore? Or? I don't know. I think I'm aggressive anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I need to be more aggressive. I think I'm aggressive enough. But I think uh, we're, you know, we're more picky now about our uh, pediatrician for sure. You know, we definitely like like to um, be in someone's care who advocates for, you know, like finger sticking or like blood testing or someone who will look in, look into those things. And I think being here in Prague, we've noticed, or at least I've noticed, um, I'm in a group for moms of type one kids here. And mm-hmm. I've met so many more people whose children were diagnosed at a young age than I ever met in Minneapolis. Like so many more, it's really incredible. So I think, uh, we've seen they're a lot more cautious here with healthcare. I got you. And testing is, everything is so much cheaper. So, um, you don't have these prices hanging over your head. If the doctor says like, Oh, I want to, you know, run this test or look into this thing for you. You know, you're not worried right away about prices. The Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitoring system is now FDA permitted for zero finger sticks. That means you can make treatment decisions based on your Dexcom. And if you don't believe the FDA, believe me because I just did it five minutes ago with Arden. Arden's been at school all day. As she left for school in the morning, her blood sugar was 120 and it was starting to rise. 
Then we gave her a temp basal increase and bolus. The blood sugar actually went to 140 and hung there for about 30 minutes before we started to get it to come back down. 8 o'clock, 8.30, got it back down under 120, 110, and eventually around 9 a.m. it leveled out around 92. Stayed there for an hour and a half. She's got an early lunch today, so about 10.20 she texts me and says, hey, I'm going to be going to lunch soon. I looked up, saw the trend on the Dexcom graph, saw what her blood sugar was, 92, and I said, okay, let's do a temp basal increase of 40% for an hour and a half and bolus 14 units. We're going to extend it. Let's do 50% now and 50% over the next hour. It's now 25 minutes later and Arden's eating. Her blood sugar is 98 and it is stable. And if by chance we've made some sort of an error with her bolus and it starts to go up or down, we'll be able to make adjustments on the fly because of the information coming back from her CGM. And how am I doing that? Because it has the share feature and I can see it at home while I'm talking to you while Arden's off at school. Share and follow is available for Android and Apple. These are our results. Yours may vary. Check out Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox with links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com to find out more. What was her blood sugar when she went to DK? She was over 500 on the meter that they had at the pediatrician's office. But I don't, I don't know, you know, like they, I don't think they told us at the hospital and, um, yeah, okay. it was, I mean. No, it's fine. I was just, I was just wondering how far it got because she was tiny, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So everything happened really rapidly and I've read some studies too. Like there's a study out of the, the UK, um, done on small children who are diagnosed with type one and they talk about how rapidly the symptoms, uh, develop, you know, so for Winnie, when she started heavily wetting her diapers, it was maybe like a week and a half, and then she was in the hospital DKA. That fast. Yeah. You know, so the diaper yeast was around for quite a bit longer, um, but then then when she started to have more of the classic symptoms that you would recognize in adults or other people, mm-hmm. it was like less than two weeks. Yeah, so with yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because you make me go through my timeline, and Arden was definitely sick and not feeling well. Um, she was having these uh, intermittent bowel movements, like it was days in between, and they were they were rock hard, like there was no moisture to them whatsoever. But yeah. when, the, when the heavy urination started, mm-hmm. it was only a couple days till we were in the hospital. Right. Like, it, yeah, yeah. It, like that, that felt like, I guess, now that you look back, if that was sort of like the, that was the last mm-hmm. one, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's really something. Um, so what are you doing in Prague? We work for a Christian school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband and I both do, and um, and our kids go to Shkolka here um, while we're teaching. Um, so that's been interesting. So um, our kids are like in a in a school run by these really nice Czech ladies, <laughs> and um, so we've learned I've learned some of the the vocab uh, for for diabetes in Czech, which has been interesting, but. Where Winnie is, the director also speaks English, and Winnie's teacher also knows. She's proficient in English. Okay. She's not uh, fluent, but but she speaks well enough that we can communicate. So um, so that was important to us, especially in the beginning. Sure. We toyed around with the idea of putting her in a completely uh, Czech environment for next year. Um, but you kind of run into the, into the same issues that you do in the U.S. with really little ones in type 1 where... Uh, the schools aren't always prepared to take them. They don't have a system in place because your kid might be the first one they've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so we didn't, and we didn't know anybody 
uh, in our immediate vicinity who has a type one kid when he's age in school. So there wasn't anything recommended to us. And I looked into a few and nothing really struck me. So she'll stay where she is for next year. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's good, you know, she's, she's still, she's learning the language and doing really well. And they celebrate, uh, world diabetes day with her in November. The whole school wears blue for her, even the cook (laughs) at the school. So it's, so it's pretty fun. Yeah. So do you speak any, did you speak any of the language coming in or did you No. No. Are you picking (laughs) it up at all? A little bit. I go, I sit in on one of the classes at the high school where we teach. And (laughs) so, and then I do the same assignments at the, as the high school kids in the class. Um, so yeah, I do that when I have time and that's, that's that's fun. It's good. Um, I can't imagine like picking up a language as an adult. Like it seems. (laughs) It's good. It's good for your brain, right? To keep learning new things. (laughs) And here it's useful. Um, a lot of the like the government buildings that we go into, people don't always speak English. And so like if I go to the post office, I probably have to speak to them in Czech or I have to pick a very specific post office, you know, where they're, they're going to be more likely to speak English. And then I'd have to go to the touristy areas that I don't want to go to. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so is that isolating at all? Um, a little bit. But, you know, I have a group of. You mean like for like a type one community? No, I just in general, like, do you, you know, I mean, if I get incredibly bored, I can wander into my backyard and talk to my neighbor, like, you know, Uh, but, but like, do you, is it like you and your husband and the kids and then you have to go? Well, the school where we teach, they speak English, you know, it's an English speaking school. So all of our coworkers speak English, even the ones who teach Czech, they speak English. Gotcha. Um, also, so, so no, so that way we're kind of in this bubble and, um, yeah, it can be a little overwhelming sometimes to go out into like like to go to the post office, for example. If I have to ask them for something new, right. I might have to like review the. I don't know if you can hear Winnie's Dexcom's going off, but um, oh good, yeah, I just heard it on my phone. But um, anyway, yeah, I like to go to the post office. I have to prepare myself, you know, okay. for like thirty minutes. I'll spend like, <laughs> reviewing the words that say. I need and like you know, going with a picture of what I want. Um, but How long you spending? Are you planning on staying? Is it indefinite, or do you have a? I don't, is it know. A length of I don't service? know. I don't know. Maybe like we'd like to stay for next year. We're coming back for a little bit this summer because we need to fundraise for our third year day. So. So you you have to come home and be like, hey, listen, everybody, we're doing good work over here. Somebody needs to pay for it. And, and well, what, kind it, of, it, yeah, yeah, kind of. We, you know, we've been really fortunate though. We have uh, a pretty pretty awesome support team That's behind great. us. So. Yeah, so it's pretty, pretty good. It's actually very, yeah. it's amazing. It's, uh, it's, I don't know a lot of people that would do something like that. So I'm a little overwhelmed with what you guys oh. decided to do. <laughs> like, wow, that's really great. Yeah, it's nice. Well, yeah, it's totally doable though. It's, yeah. it's really great. Um, it's just by God's grace that we're here and we're just happy to be here and have the opportunity. So, and yeah, and I think it's important for people to know that you, they can do things like that. They can move across the world with type one and it's okay. It'll be fine. And, Actually, we were talking about when Winnie goes to college, if uh, if she's uninsured at any point, we'll ship her to Europe because you can buy insulin here at the pharmacy without insurance for like 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're just like, we're going to send her to Europe if she ever doesn't have insurance. And then, then we know that she'll have what she needs because um, that's one thing we've appreciated about the opportunity to be here is uh, the price of some of the things. So like, our durable medical equipment, we still have to get through the U.S., but, like, um, 
we can pay for insulin out of pocket and then our insurance will reimburse us. Okay. And the insulin here is so cheap, we can afford to do that. So, um, so I just go to the pharmacy and like glucagon we bought the other day and it was like 20 bucks for glucagon. What, what then, does a vial of insulin cost you? Well, I get it like a box. So like an entire box of five pen fills was $40. Oh, that's pretty reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so. like, yeah, that's a, I mean, I think that's about my copay. You right, know, it is. Yeah, when Arden's, yeah, yeah. When Arden's insulin yeah. comes, I think we get more than five. But we probably get more insulin than that for that money, but still it's... Right, well, and it depends on what your prescription is, right? Right, right so, yeah. Like for Winnie, one box was her monthly need. And mm-hmm. so for us, our copay was $40 for the one box. But then, you know, if we were the retail price on that, I think I saw at our Target pharmacy one time was like $450. You know, so I never could have walked into the Target pharmacy and bought my insulin without insurance, without the copay. But that's what we do here. I just walk in and I have to have a prescription from the doctor. So that's one difference here. They don't keep your prescription on file at the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. The doctor will write you a paper slip and then you go in with it. And then if you want more insulin, you have to go back to the doctor and get another slip. But they'll write you like a three-month supply. Mm -hmm. And so... We get enough to get us between appointments, and it, it it works totally fine. And he also, you know, our doctor has said, if we ever ran out, we just email him, and he'll send us um, a prescription in the meantime. And our pediatrician here has written us a prescription for insulin because when we first arrived, she was the first doctor that we met. And so it you don't even have to go to the endocrinologist. And it was really easy. I mean, I just showed them... I didn't even show them her paperwork from Minnesota. I had it with me, mm-hmm. but I just said, she's diabetic. I need her insulin. And they were like, okay, what do you want? <laughs> so when you say it's easy, is it so, more common sensey? Like, like less there's rules and we have to like follow these paths and more like, well, your kid has diabetes. So sure. Take insulin. Is it like that? Like, yeah. Do, I mean, I think it's maybe less bureaucratic. Mm-hmm. I think and our, our situation might be a little different because they know that we have like a U.S. prescription. So Wendy, Winnie's uh, doctor here, she actually sees a diabetologist, not an endocrinologist. They have like this uh, subspecialty underneath endocrinology, like people who deal specifically with diabetes. So her diabetologist, he, he sticks more to like what her prescription in the U.S. was. But I mean, he doesn't try to rewrite it or recommend anything different. He's like, okay, if this is what you're using and it works for you, I'll just write you. No the kidding. same That's prescription. Great. I think it was really great. So, because any yeah. any of that weight that can get lifted from you, honestly, makes everything better. Just not yeah. having to make these fights. Yep. I'll tell you that you and I are talking in May. I don't know when this goes up. You know, it could be months from now. But we just had an. I just we just had this. You know, a, a job change in our life. My my life. My wife went from one place to another, and our our insurance changed. And so we, mm-hmm. we're starting to get settled, and she's settling in at the job. And about a weekend, I said, "Okay, let's you know, let's see, let's like let's get excited. Let's call Dexcom and Omnipod and see if they accept this insurance because we had been buying through a third party uh, uh, called Edge Park, which is sure. um, yep, which Edge Park yeah. has gotten better over the years, but it's generally speaking a horror. And and right. and so people who just came into Edge Park now might be like, it's not bad. And to you, I say. You should have tried doing it five years ago, uh, but 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 nevertheless, I, I called up Dexcom. And they're like, "Yeah, we take your insurance," and I was like, "Yay!" I didn't like. I just I felt elated. I was like, "This is so exciting!" And Omnipod just called me yesterday, mm-hmm. and I know what you're thinking. They sponsor the show. Shouldn't I get these pumps for free? No, that's not how it works. I pay for them like everybody else. And and so I called up and I was like, "Here's all my information. 
you know, please let me know. And they called me back in just a couple of days and they said, here's what we've learned. Your pumps are going to be 100% free. Do you want to order some now? I was like, really? Like no copay? No, I pay you a little bit. And I get paid nothing. Just tell us what you want and they're going to come. And I was cool. like, wow, it was just such a, a relief. You know, just one yeah. less thing to think about, to do, to argue about, to call about, to get an email about. Like I was just, I just was really gr- grateful for that, to be perfectly honest. I was like, wow, that's something. No, that is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, t- I said, my wife got home from work. I was like, Kelly, you can never leave this job. This is the job, in case you're wondering. You have to keep forever. <laughs> Yeah. Just so I never have yep. to call Edge Park again, if for no other reason. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I interviewed uh, someone. Now I'm going to get this wrong. I know I'll pick the wrong one. Is it Czechoslovakia now or is it Czech Republic? Which is the Czech Republic. Czech Republic. I interviewed a a young girl who's in university in England, but who's from okay. the Czech Republic. And she okay. was talking about how she goes back and forth to get different things and she wants to, mm-hmm. you know, it was, I was, but everything she spoke about was just, I wish I could just stay here in England because it's so easy. And everyone tells me that everybody I've ever spoken to from the UK tells me the same thing. Like, it's just very mm-hmm. easy to have diabetes here. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. It makes you a little sad when they're saying it. You're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually on my way, uh, in a couple days to some meeting, at Novo Nordisk, where they want to talk about insulin pricing, and uh, oh. I think I'm going to be a rabble rouser a little bit when I'm when I'm in there. So we'll see. We'll see how that. Yeah, works you can out. ask them why they why they charge double what most European countries charge. Yeah, yeah, I'll mention your forty dollars. Not double, but well, I mean at least at least more than that. I mean here, I think yeah, our our price is like ten percent of mm-hmm. what it was in Minneapolis. But you know, like you were saying, it depends on what your prescription is, though, too. Right. You know, like if you. Because here they charge you by the box. It's not necessarily like your one month supply is this set copay, right, you know. Right. And then, you know, um, so We're but, here, here. But it's good that it's affordable. It's good, yeah. You know that people can buy it. Now I know for us, like whatever Arden's prescription for insulin is, that's what our copay covers. Mm, like mm-hmm. right, so if that if the if the right. if the script says it's four boxes, then it's four. If the, right. if the script were to say six right. and it's six, it's still the same right. price, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so your price per box can vary based on what your prescription is, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. But, okay, yeah, very in generally speaking in my, in my favor. The more we need, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The higher they write the prescription, the, <laughs> the, the better. The farther that copay stretches. Can you? But imagine? the retail price is still the same. You know, like if you were to not have a prescription and have to go in and just buy a box, then you'd pay the retail price. So that's, I don't know. Well, that's and also. I, get, I think here, excuse me, I'm, for anybody, Michelle and I almost didn't do this because I almost don't have a voice, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, if you, it, and there's so many different levels and tiers of insurance here. Like right. my wife works at a pharma company and she has mm-hmm. really good insurance. And so, but you could easily work at that same company and get a different level of that insurance or work at a different right. company and, and have a plan that doesn't come anywhere near, you know, a hundred percent of your durable medical goods and stuff like that. So Right. Yeah, it is luck of the draw, uh, a lot. Of it times. is, and it also just depends on what your employer has, and you know, you could be fortunate and get a job for Google. And I don't know how their insurance is, but it's going to be different than somebody who works at a department store. For you sure. know, probably. Yeah. So they're going to offer different things. And yeah, if you so, can get with a big enough company who self insures, then things get easier. 
And, and, right. and that is that has definitely been my finding in the past. And right. I don't know how much people understand that when companies get so big, they really only use the insurance companies to service the insurance. They just ever, you know, the whatever it ends up being, whatever the insurance company is, you know, you make a claim, the insurance company pays it, and all the paperwork that happens is like that. But at the end of the year or a couple of times a year, your company just writes one big check for every mm-hmm. dollar that that insurance company has sent out. They are they are financing your your health insurance 100% from the company. Right. They just their service right. through the company. I don't know if people know that or not, but... Um, now they do. Yeah, now, oh, and when you get big enough like that, when you get with a company like that, they generally are more generous, I, I've, I've found. If you're considering insulin pump therapy, the best way to understand the comfort and convenience of the Omnipod system is to try it firsthand. So try a free, no obligation pod today. That's all you have to do. You can get a demo kit, which includes a sample non-functioning pod, and see what you think. There's absolutely no obligation to buy. You'll get to wear a non-functioning pod to see how it feels. You'll be able to find a spot on your body that works best for you, and then you can feel the freedom you could have with an Omnipod. Try to imagine your, I don't know, having lunch. Lunch is a nice meal of the day, don't you think? The sun's out, the birds are chirping, and you're hungry. This lunch you're about to have is a little strange. It's a little carb heavy, but it's got some simple sugars in it. And you'd like to see the insulin you're giving yourself stretched out through an extended bolus. How do you do that? With a push of a button. The same way you would give yourself a bolus or change your basal rates or do any of the things that you need to do with your insulin pump, all wirelessly from the personal diabetes manager. That's right, there is no big unit of thing stuck to you. You are not connected between a tube and this controlling device. This controlling device with the Omnipod, completely wireless. With every other insulin pump, tethered with a tube. Ew, ick. I mean, unless you like that sort of thing, and then really, I don't care. I'm just, it's an ad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not judging. Just try an Omnipod. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Check it out today. The free no obligation demo seriously is simple to sign up for, and I think you'll like it. When Winnie was diagnosed, we had my husband worked for a corporation, and they had they had good insurance. So, you know, but she easily could have been diagnosed when we didn't have that policy, you know. And so, yeah, and actually, that's one of the reasons we still have the insurance in the U S like, and we haven't switched over to check insurance as we think about what if we did move back someday and we want, so we want to keep her insured mm-hmm. uh, in the U S because it's so, <laughs> it's a little bit chaotic, you know, I don't know if it. you've seen in the news, <laughs> it's a little chaotic right now. And so we do worry about these protections that are out there for people with pre-existing condi- pre-existing conditions. And will they stay, you know, will these, uh, protection stay and would we have to worry about her either getting denied a policy or more likely would you know she be charged so much that it would be a burden and be unaffordable for her you know which is the more likely scenario right like that's the most likely thing is that they would take away the protection for people with pre-existing and that you'd have to pay so much that you couldn't afford yeah you can have insurance you can't afford it but you could have it if you could yeah thanks for Uh generosity yeah (laughs) but you know that's why that's why we talk sometimes about i didn't go to europe for college (laughs) 
Uh, just anywhere, anywhere where she can just walk into the pharmacy and, and buy her insulin out of pocket. Yeah, that's but, really something. It's yeah. a, so you said you found a community of people with type 1 mm-hmm. in Prague. How did that, what did you do? Is there a Prague Facebook? How would you figure it out? Yeah, well, I mean, they're on Facebook just like everybody else. I'm just kidding, Facebook but I understand. You, how, did you, how did you find <laughs> But, uh, well... So Czech is a really complex language. It's very, very difficult. And so, uh, and I say that because it makes it hard to find a group if you don't know exactly what the name of the group is, because the way that a word is written can change based on how it's used in a sentence. So like even your name changes based on the structure of the sentence. So like nothing, nothing stays the same. Nothing is sacred. You know, your first name, the name of the city, everything. So uh, you can't just type in the word diabetes in Czech and then expect to find a group. Um, so I contacted the doctor that we were seeing um, um, at the hospital here um, for Winnie's diabetic checkups. Mm-hmm. And I asked him if he knew of anything, and he recommended a Facebook group to me. And so um, it's for moms with kids of type 1, but there are some dads in there too. Um, and... Yeah, and I'm the only, as far as I know, I'm the only American in the group. <laughs> um, and I, and as far as I know, also the only native English speaker. I You're don't like think their it's mascot. a super common thing, maybe. <laughs> but I don't think it's a super common thing for people to, like, uh, relocate when their kid has type 1, mm-hmm. you know, or, like, relocate this far, at least, to relocate to a different country. Yeah. So it's a little bit weird. And I think in our case, too, it's weird because we still have our U.S. insurance policy. Um, I think... Yeah, for some reasons it would make sense for us to switch to the Czech policy, and then for other reasons, we like keeping the U.S. Um, I don't know. It's the system we know. Like we and we know. Like uh, I don't remember what the terms are for the measurements, but they measure blood sugar differently here. You know, so like here your blood sugar might be three or four or five. Uh, it's on a different scale. It's M-M-M-M-M-M. like compared to inches and centimeters. Yeah, right. I don't know what I'll tell So I don't. You'll have to look it up, and then you can add that into the podcast. Oh, I don't remember me. what the different all the people the different who, scales are, but I hear from so <laughs> many people from outside of the yeah. U.S. who tell me that they listen to the podcast with a conversion chart, so that when the numbers come yeah. out, they can they yeah. can follow along easier. Right. Well, and I like the U.S. scale better. I think it's more precise because um, there you have more numbers to work with. You know, like I think. I think to convert, you divide by 18 or something thereabouts. But, you know, with the European uh, chart, they're only measuring to the first decimal, mm-hmm. you know. And so you might have numbers like 1 to 20, and that's what you're working with. Right. And you might you know, might have like 1.1, 1.2, all the way up to 20. But then in the U.S., the, the equivalent would be numbers like 20 to 400. Mm-hmm. And so you have so many more numbers you're working with. And I just feel like... How to be more precise precision. that way. Yeah. It, well, and I know that. I know that system. That's what we've done for four years. Right. So it's hard to want to switch. And then we think, well, how long if we switched over to European equipment, how long would we have to, like, are we committing to staying here forever then mm-hmm. or for four years? Would our insurance let us get a new pump if we move back? I don't know. These are big questions. <laughs> I'm starting the timer right so. now on somebody who's going to email me to tell me that their 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 thing is precise too. You just don't understand it, which I completely, <laughs> I completely believe could be true. So I, I I'm wait. not saying it's not precise. I just think I just think that one way is maybe a little more precise. I don't understand why they have two scales though. I mean, the whole thing is interesting. To yeah. me. I don't I don't know. In insulin pumps aren't aren't units, super old units. technology. Yeah, so. I don't. 
Hmm. Like, why didn't they just make them all universal? I don't know. Do they want to keep the markets separate? It's a ploy. <laughs> it's a ploy. <laughs> they're, they're like, they're just coming know. for our money. <laughs> I know. Well, you think about like how long have meters been around for? Why did they have to make two separate scales? It just seems, seems a little silly. I don't know. European but. math people and other parts of the world. <laughs> I'm assuming the first email I get is from either, I'm going to say South Africa or Australia. That's okay. going to that's gonna be, I, 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 my outlier is New Zealand. I'm thinking that's where one of You'll my emails to let, comes yeah, from. They're, they're, they're like, you guys yeah. are so wrong about that. But I agree <laughs> with you, at least my interpretation of it. Like I see like, somebody's like, my blood sugar is 2.4. And then I look on the scale and it's within like a 10 or 15 point range on our scale. And I was like, well, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where you get in, into the preciseness factor. And listen, so, maybe, maybe what yeah. they said was these meters aren't that accurate anyway. It's around 2.4. Deal with it. You'll be fine. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it yeah. Is very interesting. So, okay. So I think the real story here is that you just sort of bravely stood up and were like, we're going to leave the country now with our little tiny diagnosed kid and it's going to be fine. And it has been fine, right? There's no, yeah. like, you don't have some scary stories or you didn't run out of insulin on a, on a prod no. train from a 1958 black and white movie where some guys with Tommy guns tried to kill you or nothing like that bad has happened. It's all just been fine. Do you fly yeah. a lot? Like back and forth? Um, I think, you know, no more than anybody else. We, we probably, I mean, here we take the train more than anything, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, it's cheaper that way. We've flown, I mean, a few times. Um, since being here, but, but whether it's a long train ride, like you don't, you, you don't have any, you don't have any compunction about going on a trip with type one. No, yeah. uh, uh, no, I don't think at all. We brought, I mean, we brought a lot of insulin with us. We brought like, uh, Oh, at least like a three or six month supply to get us started because we were worried about like, how would we find a doctor? You know, like we didn't even know who our doctor would be when we got here. Cause mm -hmm. we didn't know where our, our flat would be or any of those things. Um, so we brought a pretty big supply with us and we just put it in a cooler bag with ice packs and refrigerated it as soon as we got here. And all of it was fine. You know, like it, it lasted just fine. So, yeah. I want to overlay on what Michelle said. Most of the things that you worry about, and I'm talking to everybody listening now, are not things you should be worrying about. Like, it's not that you shouldn't pay attention to it. If you're going to travel, you know, you're going to have to keep the insulin cool. You're going to have to make mm -hmm. sure you have everything with you. You definitely don't. I saw somebody online the other day that went on vacation. Like, I have everything except for, and they forgot, like, I forget what it was, but it was like this one important component, like in the, in the midst of making themselves crazy and gathering all this stuff together, they forgot like the most obvious part of what they needed. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, I think sometimes we make ourselves mental about stuff like that. And I can tell you, I mean, we've traveled, my family and I travel to the Caribbean. I don't want to say frequently because mm -hmm. it's not frequently, but periodically mm -hmm. that's where we vacation. And there is that thought in your head, like, I do not want to get to this tiny little island and not have something. Um, right. And so I do carry more than I need. You know, if we're going mm -hmm. away for a week, I take 10 Omnipods with me. And as right. I'm putting the 10 in there, you know, the box, and I think that's not going to be enough. And then I go, that's a month's worth of Omnipods. How could that not be enough? Like what, what yeah. one would have to go bad every day. And I'd still right. have three left when I got home and that's never going to happen. That's never happened in the, 
you know, uh, five years old, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. In the ten years I've been using Omnipod, nothing like that's even remotely happened. But the minute you add the uncertainty, and you're like, "But it could," but the truth right. is, it's not going to. Right. And if it does, you have insulin with you and needles. It's not like you couldn't figure it out if something crazy happened. Yeah, and I think that's the good thing. The people in the Type One community—they're really good about helping each other, and sure. people are also good about asking for help you know when we were on the plane ride over our flight got delayed mm-hmm. uh or one of them did um our second flight coming out of new york and that was our overseas flight um it got delayed and so my ice packs had started to like like they weren't mm-hmm. and it was then i was thinking like oh i don't know if they're gonna last as long as i thought they would but we told the flight attendants you know i have insulin in this bag and they brought me extra ice in in like a bag to add to, to, add to yours. the cooler that i already had yeah so um, and then with her diabetes supplies, we spread them out across different pieces of luggage in case something got lost. Mm-hmm. So like the pump supplies that we brought, I had like a mix of infusion sets and cartridges in each bag, you know, so it's not like I put only one item in each bag. Every, every bag had an assortment of different items. So if one you bag got lost, lost bag, we'd yeah. still have what we needed out of one of those bags, you know, and then we always carry some in a carry on, yeah, you know, we don't, <laughs> you know, we, we don't usually, we don't usually check bags. Um, cause we're not usually be gone that long, but mm. definitely when we came here, we had to check bags. Sure you did, yeah. So, you know, that's where most of her stuff was, but some of it was with us on the plane just in case everything got lost for a period of time. Yeah. You know, if you're traveling you somewhere reasonably yeah. modern, you're going to be okay. I, I Well, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It just depends on though, like, how long will it take them to get to you? And especially here, like a lot of things aren't open on the weekends. Like, oh yeah, like the pharmacy is not open on the weekends. <laughs> okay. You have to <laughs> if you want to go to the week. pharmacy on the weekend, you have to go out to the hospital or maybe there might be one in like a shopping mall, but like our neighborhood pharmacy does mm-hmm. not have any weekend hours, no Saturday, no Sunday. Yeah. Um, when I first met so. my, when I first met my wife, she was leaving to go back to college. It was the summertime and she was going to go. And I remember I met her at her job and she's mm-hmm. in this office and she's writing this like massive list. And I was like, what, what is that? And she's like, oh, these are the things I need to bring back to school. And I was like, where do you go to school? Like on Mars? Like you wrote mm-hmm. shampoo on this list. Like, do they not have shampoo where you go to school? And, mm-hmm. and it was interesting. Like, you know, for the first couple moments of the conversation, I was like, is this girl freaked out about like crossing a state line without conditioner or like what? And then she just, you know, at the end, she's like, look, here's the truth. Uh, stuff I buy here, my mom pays for. Stuff I buy when I'm at school, I have to pay for it. I was like, oh, okay. You're just you're just trying to get this stuff for free before you leave. I'm like, that yeah. I understand. But when I thought she was planning for this like excursion, I was like, you're going to Delaware, not you know, not an island in the middle of the Pacific. Like like it's you know, you'll be okay when you get there. And I think that's mm-hmm. important to remember. Almost anywhere you go in a modern world, there'll be a pharmacy. There'll be something you can find it's not like you're going to be in a in a, an incredibly emergent in an emergent situation like that you just can't get your way out of and if that happens to you that's pretty random you, you know so yeah. it's the worry i think that cripples most people and you don't have that for whatever reason i haven't figured it out yet michelle but you're you're very carefree in your mind it's, it's i'm not you know as though we're not as carefree as you think we just work we plan carefully Right. Okay. So like when we applied with this mission organization to go overseas, we explained pretty clearly, like our child has type one. We need to be near a hospital somewhere. Like 
we can't go just anywhere. You know, like we would love to say that we would go to Africa or we would go to some little village somewhere, but we can't do that. You know, so, um, but like you said, in a modern world, uh, especially those of us who've grown up in a modern world, you then you feel more comfortable. You don't have to worry so much. You know how to find the things that you need. So we still stayed within that, that realm. Like we were not ready to leave something like that. And I think if you're an adult with type one and you want to do that, that's one thing. But if you're a parent of a child, I think you just, you just feel this like really heavy weight to protect them and to make sure that, uh, they're, they're really super safe, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And, and so like, we're not going to go to this place that doesn't have refrigerators, you know, like I've read online about, uh, villages where they don't have refrigerators to keep their insulin in. And so they make like clay pots to keep their insulin in to try to keep it cold, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't stay good long enough because that's not a sufficient replacement for a refrigerator. You know, so we weren't, we were not willing to take our child into a situation like that because then we feel like we're putting her life at risk. Right. And that's not worth it. Yeah. So the comfort, Um, so the comfort you live with, you helped create by putting yourself in the best situation. Yeah. We, I mean, we specifically requested to be in a bigger city. Mm -hmm. Um, and there were a couple of different options, um, that they presented to us that they thought would be a good fit. And so, and Prague was one of those. Um, and so we're only like 30 minutes from the university hospital here and there are lots of pharmacies right in our neighborhood. Um, so, it, and it's, there's an airport here, you know, like yeah. it's, yeah, it's you, a big city. I got so you. yeah, so everything we have or everything we need, we have right here. So yeah, so it may seem carefree <laughs> because we're willing <laughs> to go all this distance, but it was pretty, pretty, uh, well thought out. And planned, and it took us. We, you know, we applied in April to come, but we did not decide until the end of May that we for sure wanted to do this. And mm-hmm. we did a lot of checking with, um, you know, like the our insurance company and different places to make sure we could have all the supplies we needed and access to everything that we wanted. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. They not everything worked out exactly the way that we thought it would, you know. But, um, but like I said, we came with like two years of. Uh, um, infusion sets and cartridges and things. So <laughs> could have kept definitely. her alive till you were done over there and come back again with all the stuff that you brought. So well, in this summer we're switching to Omnipod because um, shout out to Omnipod, but we um, have the Onimus pump right now, which as you know will no longer be around, and so we had to switch to something new. And so this summer, part of what we're doing is getting a bulk order Omnipod was amazing. That was one of the easiest transactions I've ever had. <laughs> And they're giving, they're getting us one year's worth of pods to take back with us because we don't have an address here that they can ship to. So that's so cool. Yeah, they're working very hard on um, getting into like they just sent a group of people to the UK to start Mm -hmm. work to start working. I know, I heard that. Very hard. Yeah, they couldn't tell me though, so maybe you can find this out for me. They couldn't tell me if uh, the European Omnipod will be compatible with the US Omnipod because. Hmm. As, as we were saying, uh, in Europe and also in Canada, they measure blood sugar differently than in the U.S. Yeah, and so although we're coming with a one-year supply of pods, I thought, what if something breaks or what if her, her PDM breaks or something? And right. like, what if I just need a part? Is it possible I could go to the European Omnipod and just get a part if I need it? If you need but it they more. couldn't tell me if everything's going to be compatible or not. Well, um, I don't so, know the answer to that, but I can tell you that right. that that new PDM that's going to be out pretty soon, as soon as the FDA is done fiddling with mm-hmm. it and looking at it, um, it's going to be really inexpensive. 
So I don't know yeah. that it would be cumbersome for you to have an extra one. Because it's sure. basically just going to be an Android phone shell. Like, do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, it's their yeah. the reason they switch to it partly is so that they can make you know upgrades and and move innovation along quicker. But it's also because the you know it's not going to really cost anything. It's mm-hmm. it's possible, Michelle, that by the time I come back to edit this episode and put it out, I'll be able to say something at the end that people would really like to hear. That, it, um, yeah, it would just be interesting to know if the if they'll be compatible. I guess my my question would be, you know, if they measure blood sugar differently, mm-hmm. do those pods talk differently to the PDM? Right, right. Or is it just a setting and you, when you set you. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like it's you an choose interesting an English or, question. Eh, so, but nobody knew there. But huh? anyway, it'd be yeah, it'd just be nice to know if they would be a resource for us at all here. But um, but anyway, but that's why we come with a year's worth of stuff so that if. Uh, if we need, you know, start to run low on something, hopefully we can make a plan before we've run out because we have the whole year. Um, and then I know like we have Dexcom and they also were able to help us get a year's supply of stuff. We've done that with them twice now. That was not quite as smooth of a process okay. as with Omnipod, but I now have a really nice lady. I won't say her name, but there's a really nice lady at Dexcom now who knows me very well and who uh, work, I work with her exclusively now on doing our orders because when you want a whole year's worth of stuff, you just can't go through the normal channels typically. So with Omnipod, that was surprising. I didn't have to ask for a supervisor or talk to anybody in charge okay. to get my order to go through. So that was awesome. Usually, though, it takes several weeks of calling and finally finding someone at the top of the food chain who knows the right overrides and can help me. Because our insurance is not the problem. They know we're overseas and they will help us navigate everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is usually the provider not understanding this weird scenario that we're in and knowing that it will be okay. Your bill will be paid. Um, our insurance will work with you. I got you. So, That's interesting. Well, yeah. is, is there anything, is. is there anything, cause you had some pretty, I think, I feel like you had specific thoughts and I know I held you back by not giving you things that I wanted to talk about, but this was a really good conversation. I think it was because we left it loose like that. So I am sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I, you're the, fine. Yeah. I was just wondering, I just like to, you were like, to be prepared. I know, so. I know. And I, and I like you not to be prepared so we can chat. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it worked out really well, actually. But, yeah. but so, no, yeah. I just want to, I want to make sure that if you have any nuggets about being overseas or about travel in general that I didn't ask you about or we didn't get to that I don't, I don't want to leave them out. You know, is there, is there anything that you've learned along the way that you think people would really benefit from knowing? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big question. I think don't be afraid to travel, you know, don't be afraid to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. We, we certainly were not ready to even like drive to Michigan for my cousin's wedding after when our Winnie was diagnosed, our daughter. Right. So, um, because she got diagnosed in August and there was a wedding, I think in October, but we got Winnie's pump in September. Right. So we had the diagnosis in August, then we got a pump in like it was September, October, something like that. And then this wedding was happening in October and we were not ready at all for a long road trip at that point. We just didn't feel comfortable. And then you're also dealing with cake and dessert (laughs) and all these things, you know, that, that can feel really overwhelming when you don't have a package in front of you Mm -hmm. and you're newly diagnosed, you know, and you're trying to guess and you're like, I don't even know how my kid's body reacts to these things. So, um, so, I mean, yeah, just being comfortable to travel once 
once you're ready to. And that's mm. different for everybody, yeah. but but I think, you know, you can't be afraid to go somewhere. I know I have friends here who are from the Czech Republic who will not go anywhere with their kid on a plane because they're too afraid. But they will go places by car, but they will not fly anywhere. And so, and I'm hoping they will change their minds someday because I think they're going to they're going to miss out on so much if they limit themselves that way, what, you know. What what are their fears about the plane? Just, I don't know. Like the big like, you know, crash into the side <laughs> of a mountain fears or no, 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 no. I think it has to do more with access to supplies and mm-hmm. going to places that are so far away that they feel like they couldn't go to the pharmacy um, and get what they needed. And honestly, I don't know, like, if you were to be uh, someone who was, like, from Europe with European insurance and, like, to travel to the U.S., for example, mm-hmm. I think I would be kind of scared, yeah, you know, because just... if you ran out of insulin and you didn't have an insurance policy that someone took there... I no think one would help you. Kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah, no one would help. You know, it is. I it, think it's easier to go the other way. It's easier to have U.S. insurance and go into Europe. Yeah. Because things are cheaper. Um, so I think I think for them it's just they travel to places, you know, really close by where where they know that um, how the game works and they know that they can still get supplies easily. I, yeah. I, I just imagine the the very the fear of like being somewhere being being a foreigner. And being in America and just having this look, having someone from America looking and go, you're not American. This doesn't count. Go away. And and yeah. having that fear of like somebody can just discount you just because you're not speaking English or from America or whatever it ends up being. But I don't yeah. know that that's an unreal fear. I would I would feel that. And I I have to say too, in the reverse, being American, I totally feel like, and it's probably a completely pompous and unreal thing, but I feel like I could just go anywhere and be me and it'll be fine. And, and I don't know that other people get to feel that way all the time. And that's, uh, no, that's pompous and unreal. Yeah. 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 And I know it is, but I, uh, we keep a low profile where we are. We don't want to call attention to our American, your Americanness. <laughs> we, we try to keep a pretty low profile and we try to blend in and be respectful of the culture here. Yeah. So. yeah. But I'm saying generally yeah. speaking, I was kind of putting it on me for funny, but like, yeah. I think generally speaking, Americans have that feeling like it's everything works for us usually. So when I go somewhere else, I want it to work for me. I mean, we've all been on vacation and seen somebody like stomping and and going nuts. And you're like, what's wrong? Like, I asked for a drink 10 minutes ago and it's not back yet. I'm like, really? That's what's going wrong. And but, you know, like you have that feeling like everything's so automatic and it just works here. You, you know what I mean? You want something, you get it. It's it's within reach of you normally. Um, you know, if you have a problem, there's someone to complain to. Uh, there's a system, in, you know, there's a system in place that makes your complaint something they have to listen to. And, you know, it's just our lives are set up really well here. I don't know how, how much people could appreciate that there's other places in the world where that might not be the case. I think they are set up well. I just think it's really expensive. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, no, of course. The hard part is the expense of it. Because I think, you know, uh, in Minneapolis, when we go to the endocrinologist, our appointments go relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Quickly, We have a scheduled time and we get in usually on time and uh, it's pretty fast. But here, um, you know, it's you kind of are like it's like a cattle call almost, yeah. I guess, a little bit. Um, but it, but it's like on the flip side, it's so affordable. and. Right, right. Uh, if you have an emergency, you know, they'll see you more quickly, but if it's just like a regular, you know, diabetes checkup, 
Um, it's, it's very different. It takes a lot more time, you know? So I think we interact with, oh, maybe like four different people when we go to a diabetes appointment. So mm-hmm. there will be someone who takes Winifred's height and weight. And then we go to a different uh, area where someone uh, downloads all the information from her pump and from her Dexcom. Mm-hmm. And then we go to a different area where someone pricks her finger and does her A1C. And we don't get the A1C immediately. We don't get the results for like two weeks. Oh. And also, it's not just like a little drop on a test strip. They take like a vial of blood. Mm-hmm. So they do a big finger stick and take a lot of blood. And then you don't get the results right away. So it's not even really gratifying that, oh, you stuck my finger and look at all that blood. You know, then you have to wait to find out what they did with all that blood. And I, then uh, then you go to meet with the diabetologist. So he's got um, all, he or she has all that information and then you kind of compile it there and t- make decisions and talk. Yeah, like he gets all the data from the Dexcom and the pump and I, he doesn't get the A1C right away. You know, he, he finds out when we find out what the A1C is, but... Um, if my A1C so, doesn't come in the room before I'm five minutes into the the actual visit, I'm like, oh, this is taking forever. So, <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, but it but it's different. Then that's how I think yeah. that's like part of the reason that they the that the cost is so much lower and mm-hmm. uh, and I appreciate that. You know, I think it's it's hard coming from a system where we get everything so immediately, like you said. But but I think I really appreciate the fact that people can afford to take care of themselves in in no matter system. what. And what you're, what you're really yeah. describing is pace of life and expectation. Like here, yeah. right, I work really hard. Most of the hours of my life, I come home, I clean something, eat something, pass out, get up and do mm-hmm. it again. When I go to the doctor, I need it to go quick, 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 because I got to get back to my fast-paced life. In Prague, yeah. I'm imagining life's not as fast-paced. It's okay if something takes longer. And if it eats yeah. up a little more of my time, it doesn't matter because I don't have to run back to my rat race job to make enough money to pay for it to begin with. So... It, yeah. it, it is an expectation about li- like life balance, I guess. It is. Yeah. And I think it's also an understanding of how the system works and being prepared for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the first appointment we went to, we weren't prepared for the wait time. So now I bring a coloring book for mm-hmm. Winifred or I bring something for myself to do. I was and my husband, say, is the coloring book for you? He broke his sure. elbow while he was here in our first year and had to have surgery here. Oh. And that was a really interesting experience. <laughs> um, and he had some of the same kind of wait times at his appointments. And at the first appointment he went to, he didn't know how long the wait time would be. Mm-hmm. And so he had to go to the bathroom and he waited and he waited and he waited because he was afraid that he was going to leave for the restroom and they would call his name. And um, that, But yeah. now he, he will go with a book if he has to go, you know, for an appointment like, like that um, because he knows that it'll be a wait. So I think it's also you need to understand how the system works. And it took us a little while to learn that because gotcha. we definitely were frustrated in the beginning, you know, not yeah. understanding. Because no, <laughs> they, don't, they don't tell you things that for them are a given. They don't explain to you, okay, your appointment is at 9.15, but you're probably going to wait 30 minutes before they call your name. Right. And you know, you're go they just tell you the time, and, yeah. and you're expected to know that this is the system. You know, well, they give sense. you the same rundown that they give to anybody else. Yeah. So, um yeah, so it takes totally a little while, sense. I think, to figure it out, but um, but it's okay. And you only go to the endocrinologist, hopefully, you know, like three or four times a year. You're not having to go there every week, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. You can you can wait a couple times a yeah, year. You'll be all right. Not a big deal. No, I I, I feel that. Oh. That's a great thing, actually. I I like the idea of being a little slower paced and not rushing constantly. So I have one last question. I've been wondering okay. for the entire hour. Winter yeah. is it like from? 
Winifred? Yeah, where did you get the name? Oh, um, she's named after my grandpa Frederick. Gotcha. He, if we were if we had had a boy, he would have been Frederick. But ah. um she was a girl and so So, so it's we not were. it's not Winifred, it's Winifred. Winifred. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then yeah. uh, cuz I was thinking um Wonder Years. Every time you said Winnie, oh. I'm like is this a yeah, Wonder yeah, yeah. Years thing? It's, like did this poor kid get her name through Netflix? Like that's what I was wondering. If if you were just a big fan of a television show or not. But you have a more thoughtful reason. Uh, yeah. which, which is a, you more know, satisfying, by the way. Yeah, it's got some family family ties to it. If so. she was a boy, would it have been Freddie for short? Oh, I don't know. You're not sure where Maybe. Because <laughs> when he's... When he's <laughs> we like, have friends now who call her Fred. You know, our friend Jake, he calls her Fred. He thinks it's really funny. Does so. she? So she might be Freddie. You know, she could be <laughs> Freddie. She could end up being Freddie. Doesn't point. mean she can't be Freddie. That'd be cool. <laughs> Um, you are doing amazing things. You put your family in a, in a really unique situation and then you shared it here. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. People should know that, uh, Michelle did not have, uh, Skype. She had to go to quite some distance to figure out how we could talk. We are in a major time difference. It's late in the afternoon where you are and it's early in the morning where I am. And so, um, this really worked out well. And then just as we were getting ready to do it, I kind of lost my voice to what I think is allergies. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but I was really concerned I wouldn't talk. And so I didn't talk as much this episode, which for you, those of you who write me to tell me I talk too much, you must've been thrilled. Um, and so this all worked out very well, but it, it had a lot of roadblocks and I, I, I'm genuinely pleased that we got this one recorded and I, I appreciate all the effort you put in on your side. Oh, it was nothing. No, No, thank you for the opportunity. I hope that there are people out there who are inspired to go travel or to go live somewhere new or to go, you know, do something yeah. crazy, adventurous, you know. The so. diabetes really doesn't need to in any way impede you from doing any of the things that you can imagine. No, so. absolutely not. You need to plan more, but I think once you have your planning done, you are good to go, ready cool. for takeoff. Very nice. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Huge thanks to Michelle for coming on the show all the way from Prague to tell us about her life with type 1 diabetes and all the traveling she does. Get out there, people. Just go ahead. Go somewhere. She went to Prague. You can go anywhere. Thank you, Dexcom and Omnipod, for sponsoring the show. Please go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox for more information. Those links are also available at juiceboxpodcast.com or in the links of your podcast app. There are show notes in there. Push some buttons. Try to figure it out. A quick thank you also to Dancing for Diabetes. Though their ad run is over for 2018, I sincerely appreciate everything they did for the podcast, and I hope that you all got a chance to check out Dancing for Diabetes. If you didn't, here's a freebie, Dancing for Diabetes. Go to dancing4diabetes.com to check it out. Elizabeth is doing amazing things there. It is totally worth checking into. Hey, you want to talk about what's coming up for the rest of December? Let's do that real quick, shall we? I actually have it written down in front of me. And for those of you who know me, you might know that me writing anything down is a fairly incredible act. On December 18th, you'll be hearing from Anthony Anderson from ABC's Blackish and To Tell the Truth. On December 20th, you'll be hearing a Q&A with Brett Christensen, the new COO of Omnipod. He'll be responding to all of my questions, as well as the ones you left on Facebook, 
and Instagram for me to pass on to Omnipod. That's fun, right? It's going to be a long one. Nice, good, really get in there and ask a bunch of questions, left, right, answer them. It's going to be good times. And then on the 27th, I'll be speaking with Chris Rudin about exercise, how insulin works, how insulin works around weight gain, weight loss, all that kind of like stuff that you know you wish you understood a little better. Chris really understands it, and he's going to be on to tell us more. Then after the first of the year, season five of the Juicebox podcast will begin. Last thing that I'd like to remind you about, if the podcast is helpful to you, please help it to grow by sharing it with someone else. It really is incredibly difficult. I can't afford advertising for the show, and so it is very word of mouth. You are the ones who help it grow. I really appreciate that you do that, and I just want to remind you to keep going because, you know, I love it. And I want to keep doing it, and I want you to keep getting it. So share, share, share.